If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye! Hear ye! Come on, come on. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. You know, only uh, 166 episodes deep, and you got to change the intro up a little bit. No big deal. I keep like it. Guessing. I like it. Yeah. Got to got to keep them guessing. Got to keep them guessing, man. Yeah, man. You know, it's so weird. We're talking about this one, talking about euthanasia, and it was all I, like. It's it's fi- we're finally at the point where I'm like I'm pretty sure we did an episode on this and we never did, or I mean if if we did I'm I'm totally drawing a blank on that one. But um, the reason I, I'm pretty sure we didn't is because I remember chatting with uh, Dean Dina Warren who we had on for the uh, BC uh, legal Christian legal uh, school let's call it i can't i'm I'm drawing a blank on the name of the school but um i was talking to her about this because it's right up her alley and that was like two two and a half three and a half years ago Uh, but we never ended up touching well it it got passed in 20 early 2020 or or uh even 2019 um that it all sort of was happening i think the laws finally came through in early 2020 but in in 2019 2018 I got an article from Dino Warren. Uh, the four C's one is dated Jan 2020. And the, sorry about that. Uh, the, she's got a policy options. It's like a very legal-ish article. Uh, 2017 talking about this. Mm -hmm. So, it's been a long time coming, and then now we're we're having a conversation about it because there's some interesting headlines that uh, make this this an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely a long time coming, uh, and a timely a timely episode. Um, you know, for the listeners who don't know, uh, my grandma passed away um, about two weeks ago. Um, she was ninety two. She had cancer and like the, the final stages of her passing uh, was pretty rough um, where she was in hospital in a coma for a bit. And then she came up out of it and they sent her home to die. And so I was just like, man, you know, it's, then I really started thinking through, I'm like, okay, so how does this euthanasia thing work? Um, just thinking through the arguments and actually seeing a loved one um, suffering and you're kind of like, okay, Okay, mm. how does this play out? So, for, so for the listeners, we're going to talk about the uh, the uniqueness of the Canadian of of Canada's uh, euthanasia policy, and we're going to look at uh, is libertarianism uh, to blame for Canada's progressive uh, euthanasia policy, and then uh, the last point: most Canadians uh, think this this is a service of compassion, and there's these arguments and. Um, we're going these arguments are being drawn from uh, the Forbes a Forbes article on new euthanasia laws carry upsetting Nazi era echoes uh, Canada's new euthanasia law mm-hmm. carry upsetting and, Nazi era echoes yeah it's a, it's a pretty pretty heavy headline um, 
There, there's also a CBC article that was sort of a catalyst for me. Uh, touches a little bit more on the, the economic side of it. So the line or the headline is a CBC article: uh, "Medically assisted deaths could save millions in healthcare spending." Report. Mm. Mm. So uh, th- this this totally piqued my interest. Um, yeah, in this topic. And actually, and actually, um, and actually, this is uh, something I've definitely um, saw. I saw those articles kind of popping up as well. Hmm. Hmm. So, for for you, Darnell, what what really uh, intrigued you about this issue? Um, you know. Um. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, a timely, a timely. Um. But but also just thinking through. Okay. Well, the article that I, that I was seeing was, it was explaining that Canada was more extreme in our euthanasia policy, and I'm like, well, like how how, how much more extreme can it be? And so uh, the way the way it's extreme, or what what makes it unique, is that uh, Bill C seven. Uh, so the idea is that uh, death had to be uh, reasonably foreseeable in order to be, um, and the word is made, M A I D, and and that's an acronym for medical assistance in dying. And so the idea is for people traditionally uh, had to have a terminal illness and you know basically death was coming you can see it coming mm-hmm. inevitable yeah it's inevitable so you can speed it up right but now Canada said okay well you don't necessarily need a terminal in- illness you could have a chronic illness mm-hmm. and depending on the perspective of uh, the patient you can um, get a maid, uh, medical assistance in, in dying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and so, and, and so you don't need it. You don't necessarily need a doctor, uh, to, to prescribe, uh, that, uh, you could also have like a nurse and there's like a 90 day window, um, 90 day waiting period. So at the end of the 90 days, if you still want to do it, then, um, it's a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, without even, um, let's say qualifying this statement in the sense of like, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but like, you know, if I look at something like depression, you know, would that qualify? Is that chronic? Well, well, no, no, no. So, so, so right now, the way how the policy is set up, it it doesn't include mental health right now for now. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if not this, why not that? Yes. Yes. And, and this is where, you know, where I was trying to go with it was let's just say it's, you know, pain even right. Chronic pain. And, and so, uh, the thought that comes to my mind is, you know, how many people go through seasons of life and and then mental health is an easier one to, to go down this, use that example, because, you know, it's, I don't want to say easy, but there's people who have, you know, can look back and go, yeah, 20 years ago, I really mm-hmm. struggled. Yeah. Right. And, and I, yep. and I'm sure with pain, I'm sure there's people with similar testimonies. Right. And so is 90 days going to be the, the way that you get past you know, that, that chronic scenario. No, but, but maybe five years is. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, I think when you've ta- like, if we go back to the point about when death was inevitable, it's a totally different conversation. And you can, you, I think you can really make a, a strong steel man case for the idea of being able to sort of cl- like set the time when you like, oh, I know I'm going to die in the next 40 days, you know, 
the potential for someone to say, I want to pick day 34. Like, again, I'm trying to steel man the case to go like compassion based, you know, th- this essentially allowing them or to, to choose when, when they know it's coming. Um, to me, there is, I think there can be a case made that that's compassionate. Now, I think you could still make the case to say, no, we shouldn't do it, but that's a different mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to stay, you know, I think there could be a, a reasonable argument for the idea for the inevitable person or person who's inevitable to, to die in the, in the short time period ahead. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make uh, one, one, one nuance in, in definition. Uh, so the idea of euthanasia is, um, and according to the, the the medical definition in Canada is euthanasia uh, is lethal injection. Uh, so it's is what the doctor uh, does to the person. And then assisted suicide, the doctor gives you the drugs and then you administer yourself. I see. I see. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, from a liability perspective, you know, you can sort of see the difference in the two, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you do something versus i'm the one executing yeah right 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 just 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 to be clear so what euthanasia is as opposed to um um assisted suicide or um a maid medical assistance in dying m-a-i-d okay so in the article joel um it talks about um it, it it says that um canada is to blame um, or the or the libertarian perspective is to blame for Canada's progressive euthanasia policy, and you 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 being the the uh, the, the the libertarian <laughs> king, expert <laughs> connoisseur. Um, yeah, is that a straw man? Um, I think if we go back to our episode, uh, the type beast on why liberalism failed, I think. What you were talking about that, I call it hyper-liberalism um, or, or... Or illiberalism? You know, well, the hyper-autonomy, right? That that early liberalism, I okay. think, um, aligns a little bit better with, with the argument than, than libertarianism as a whole. Because um, I think... I, but I do... I do... Th- can I can see a level... I wouldn't call it a straw man, but I would say it's probably not a very nuanced position it's not well articulated because the libertarians positions or a libertarian position in general is is usually more individual based you know self uh autonomy there there is some alignment there but that's where the you know absolute nature of autonomy that we were talking about with um the roots of liberalism I think aligns a little bit better with with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. What I would say though is that libertarians would likely be in line with this concept uh, a little bit more. So with 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 uh, being okay with euth- euthanasia. No, with, with the with idea assisted suicide. I, see, I, I yeah, I would say the idea that if somebody wants to kill themselves or mm-hmm. if somebody wants to end their life. Mm-hmm. There's a level that, from a libertarian perspective, what right do I have to stop them? Now, that's, uh, I would say, debated because lots of people would say I could commit um, 
violence to prevent you from jumping off a bridge and it may not be let's call it a violation of the non-aggression principle i only say that as like there's oh, and, uh, hold on. For those for those who don't know what is the non-aggression principle uh i'm gonna let's call it layman term it basically violence is only justified as an action when inevitable harm is being prevented so the idea is that i i must operate with a non-aggression with everybody otherwise immoral or illegal we can get down that bait but the non-aggression principle being that i must not aggress someone else otherwise that's a violation of their rights and the mm. only exception and exception is not really the right word but would be uh in self-defense or when uh inevitable harm is coming mm -hmm. i can prevent that with with violence so can, can we say uh like that don't harm me don't harm my property non-aggression yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's where, you know, yeah. I've been using the term voluntarism. I think uh, I, I'm stealing this word from Stefan Kinsella. Consensualism is probably the, the term I would adopt more so now. Um, so then, being, okay, okay, okay. So then the term consensual, are, are, are we saying like it's consensual to say that I'm going to harm my property? Or they wouldn't say that. They wouldn't well, say harm. No, no. Hold on, hold on. The person wouldn't say they would harm my property. Oh, they, they, yes. they, 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 right? They wouldn't say I'm, I'm going to harm my property. They're saying, well, I'm going to cure my property. Um, can mm -hmm. you? We're going to be in a consensual relationship. Can you assist me in healing my 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 illness by um, ending ending my life. my life? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think this is where the libertarians would be um, more likely to sort of go, okay. Um, I want to be consistent with my principles, but where's the line? And so here's the biggest problem with this. Mm. Who's the per who's actually funding this decision? Um, sorry, funding. Oh, the government, uh, to fund. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. so it's, it's not, uh, an individual purchasing the products to do this. You know, the, the, like there's, there's, there's. In other actors involved in this scenario. And so mm -hmm. maybe the argument that someone should have greater access to kill themselves would be a libertarian argument. But the idea that government funded medically assisted suicide, that's, you know, not a libertarian sort of place. And, you know, it's sort of very much out, it's very much outside of what libertarian sort of principles would stand for yeah but but it's still it's still it's still liberalism right and and you know yes i recommend i recommend um the listeners go back to why liberalism failed uh the type beast episode where we talked about why liberalism failed and 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 the two strands of liberalism uh so so we could say this probably like left-leaning liberalism where they're saying okay we're gonna uh ask the government to give us full autonomy, full freedom to to do as we please, leveraging um, the government to do that. And you're saying that, you know, the traditional libertarian is saying, well, um, you want lesser government involvement. Yeah. So the, the libertarian argument would be like, the government shouldn't make it illegal. Make what illegal? So, oh, these drugs aren't illegal, are, are illegal in the country because they're used for suicide. So a libertarian argument would be like against making those drugs illegal. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so my point is like the government getting in the way of someone acting freely for themselves is where the libertarians would sort of have some. But the, but the government, but the government's not getting in the way. No, but this it's is actually my point. empowering. Yes. Yes. And this is where I was trying to say that, like, there's some alignment with the principles behind the arguments, but the execution is so far from a libertarian concept. Right. Especially take my take my CBC article as a prime example. Medically assisted deaths could save millions in healthcare spending. Right, right, because people would would opt out to opt out on their life, right, as right? opposed like, to um, use up the um, well. And and if you take just take system. someone with chronic pain as a as a great example, right? Like, yeah. how much drugs are they gonna? How many years potentially are they on expensive drugs? Or or you know, let's say cancer treatments um, or, or whatever the the high dollar drug is that someone's like, you know what? I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go try. You know, I don't want to try. Let's just let's just finish now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But but this is where it's it's such a deeper issue than any sort of libertarian principle, because there's so many players involved, especially in Canada. Right. This is all government funded. This is all go- like. This is a CBC article talking about how our healthcare system, which is an absolute dumpster fire, could be better off because we'd stop spending money and we could reallocate it to other places. Like, r- really, that that's where we're going with this article, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And and so it's uh, well, I, I think- guess well, part of it too is you know then you have if your if government is not going to fund it, then maybe people would just opt, you know, just you know, terminate well, their life. So the, so here's themselves. the other side of of this with the libertarian piece and I'll leave, and we can move on if to the, to the next point, but there's no accountability either. Right. So this is the one thing, if we go back to liberalism versus uh, liberty, liberty principles, the real big difference we were making was that Liberty has a lot more response, like the libertarian side of things, classical liberal had a lot more to do with responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and, and, the, yeah. and so the responsibility, like think of it from a business, right? If I was in a more free market scenario, if there's a business that is willing to give euthanasia drugs to people that they shouldn't have, that reputation is going to be tarnished. But when the government's doing it, what reputation? They don't have to worry about customers. And, and right. So, so my point is that like, there's, there's so much more depth to this. If it was in a free market you know, voluntary, true, consensual is, and, you know, self-funded, or obviously not to say that people couldn't, um, you know, fundraise if it was out of a compassion scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Through a through a charity or a nonprofit scenario, because it's a purely out of compassion. And I would assume lots of people would be willing to potentially help people, you know, avoid excessive pain, let's say, um, in, 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 you know, trying to, to live until they die, right? So, but that's where, again, this concept of the government's the one pushing this program. The government is the one funding the program. Any sort of liberty, libertarianism is sort of lost in, in yeah. the, you know, the execution. Yeah, well, well, and why liberalism failed, um, Patrick, uh, what is it, Patrick? Uh, Deenan. 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 Deenan, yeah, yeah. You know, he would argue that it isn't the government that's the problem. It's, it's, it's the people. Um, mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. that are, that are saying, okay, well, well, we're going to champion liberalism and complete autonomy, complete freedom. Um, 
And so they're leveraging the government to give them that complete, to fund that complete freedom. So he, he would yeah. blame the people. Well, and, and, and so if I would to, I would call it a corollary of his point is that the fact the power, the people give the government the power or, or want the government to have this power or utilize the government executing that power is part of the problem. Because if we took the power away from the government, the fact that people want it would result in going, well, consensually make it happen, right? The problem is, as if I was oversimplifying this Patrick Deenan's position, uh, is that it's that we want to create autonomy through government, mm-hmm. right? Like the goal is that 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 liberalism is through government as opposed to the libertarian position is more give me liberty by getting government out of the way. But, but we can uh, move on to our, to our last point here. Um, And the idea that most Canadians think this is a compassion thing. And, and for me, I think the simple statement is like, it's just politics, man. It's all politics. Like the reason why people think it's compassion is because this CBC article is a report on, you know, could save millions, mm-hmm. right? That that sounds like a great thing. Oh, that's an added benefit of this compassion program, right? Like there's no, there's no de- real debate in our media about like, have you ever seen anyone really debate this as like good or bad, even in the last two years? Like, no. You know, obviously there are people uh, like Dina Warren who are writing, were writing articles, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to raise awareness, but Mm -hmm. mainstream media is dead silent on on terms of the the nuance to this problem or to, and and I would say, obviously this isn't in America right now, and, and this is a Canadian specific issue, but I wouldn't be surprised, especially if you start seeing things like this being, you know, further touted by our, you know, pundits, um, you're going to have a similar, probably California is going to adopt something similar or, or the very left leaning parts of America. And I only say that because the right leaning has a religious, you know, undertone to it that would prevent potentially it. But mm-hmm. I would think your, your conservatives that are, you know, not really uh, religious, they would potentially value the, the lower government spending potential of uh, Medicare, Medicaid programs. Yeah. Right. So, so there's lots of potential arguments that could be made to support this type of a program when you're not having nuance, when you're not having debate, when you're actually not willing to look at both sides of, Oh, wait a second. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think for people, uh, you know, the moral compass, right. Or the Overton window, right. Um, at one point, um, you know, the world is saying the, or the culture is saying, okay, uh, this is okay. Right. And then it moves over and then the slight moves over. So at one point we're like, oh, euthanasia is a terrible idea. And all of a sudden it's it's actually the most loving thing to do um, to, to help somebody in their suffering. And I think I think this comes back to, you know, a, you know, simple or not simple, but the theory um, theonomy, not um, a the, no, um, the problem of evil. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, theonomy. Uh, but anyways, uh, the problem of evil and looking uh, looking at how, okay, well, how do we deal with evil? How do we deal with suffering? What's the most compassionate way to come for people? And I think, uh, definitely not think, I know 
uh, the culture's lost and, and they don't really have a moral compass besides uh, what's trending. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think, and a lot of it's, it's relativism, right? Like, and I think that's where your point about trending makes a lot of sense. That relativism is that like, well, what do other people think? What is, what does my culture think? What is, you know, there's no objective standard for, for morality. Right. And there's no, and there's no standard for what constitutes, uh, for euthanasia or uh, assisted suicide. Right. Mm -hmm. So right now, like you said, we, we've just opened the window to open the door to say, okay, uh, so you don't have to be terminally ill, right? You mm -hmm. just have to have a chronic illness and it's up mm -hmm. to you to be able to define, um, define how serious it is and how, how bearable it is and for you to go. And it's a, that's a total subjectivity, um, that the person says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And like you kind of said, you, you brought up mental health, you brought up mental health, but it's the, that, that's next not trajectory. It's Yeah. And even like age wise, like how, how much younger can we go um, mm. in regards to a teen suffering or whatever the case may be, or, 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 or then, you know, yep. uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, and I just think people are trying their best. I think, I think everybody's trying their best to be helpful and to be loving. Um, but I, but I don't think uh, the culture knows what, what, what love is. Uh, yeah. No, that I mean that that's I was gonna say that's dead on, man. Because uh -huh. part of the problem is sometimes telling someone what they want is the worst possible thing, and that they're an idiot is actually the loving thing to do. Obviously, you don't call them an idiot if you're trying to be loving, but the reality is, if someone is being an idiot, you the loving thing to do is actually point that out and put it, you know, dead in their face, put the mirror up in front of them to demonstrate, like, no, you're wrong here. This isn't right. You shouldn't do this. But so much of our loving statement is, oh, affirm their truth, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just, whatever someone's perspective or, or experience is, we're going to affirm that, mm -hmm. right? That That's sort of the, you know, culture uh, today for, for the way to, to think through these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So what's your two cents? Um, my, my two cents is that I'm not surprised that a socialist healthcare system is is actually the one leading the way on something like this or or i should say one of the leaders on something like this but it's also and and some people might not totally see this connection so i'll try to draw it out i i see this as an example of um the the um application of a concept which was Many times when there's a debate about socialized healthcare, there's always this argument towards the concept of death panels. And death panels are the idea that at some point, a socialist system requires a panel of people to decide who gets what and who doesn't. Now, obviously, if you make a counter argument in the free market meritocracy scenario, a lot of that ends up being based on money. But that's where compassion comes into play. And now it's based, you know, if it's a compassion scenario, it's based on who's going, you know, how do we utilize our resources as best as possible, right? To help those who, who can't afford to do it. So coming back to the death panel point, the idea was with that argument is that at some point, there's not enough resources for the medical system to help everybody. So they have to pick some people to live and some people to die. 
-hmm. Now, the derm death panels is way too weighted and heated because it sounds like there's literally people picking who's going to die. But but in reality, that's why I look at something like this, that especially with the CBC headline, oh, we're going to save a whole bunch of money on health care. Again, in a socialized system, like Canada's, for, for the American listeners, for Canadians, I would argue, who are largely unaware of how bad our system is, like our system is literally on the brink of collapse, and especially in Ontario. Like it is, if we don't get some sort of like private public duality, the the Ontario system is, is probably going to buckle in a way that you, we don't even want to test. Like it's... I've just heard with regards to, you know, the mandates, the lack of staffing, overworked and burnt out, you know, uh, healthcare professionals. I, I think we're really finding ourselves at the at the brink. Um, and I'd be surprised if five years from now, our system doesn't look fundamentally different. And so, yeah, again, going back to my death panels point, um, it's just that we're, we're we are running out of resources. I would argue Canada's death panels largely shows up through wait times. Right. Someone's got to wait four months for the diagnosis. Then they got to wait mm -hmm. four months for the surgery. Then they got to, oh, you just end up dying before you, you know, got appropriate <laughs> treatment. Like, mm -hmm. I would argue that's an, that's an example of death panels because the term death panel was a, a generic term to reference the idea that you don't have enough resources. And there's just, and, and the manner in which in Canada, the manner in which you get, you know, the resources is you were just happen to be front of the line and you happen to have enough time in your window of diagnosis or, or, uh, sickness that, that you could still survive. Mm -hmm. What about you, Darnell? What's your, what's your two cents on this? Um, uh, I think that, well, you know, just reflecting on the whole situation with my grandma and, um, like what, what's the biblical, way to approach this and i thought about um a quote from pastor eric mason and he said um it's either you're you're coming out of suffering um or or, or you're going into suffering mm. so so like wrestling with sin um in the form of suffering and death takes uh, great maturity and courage to actually contemplate okay how am i going to handle that mm. how am i going to reason that through and so to the Christian, suffering is not meaningless. But to the unbeliever, suffering is meaningless. And, and it's as simple as that. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, it says, Though our outer self is wasting away, our, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Uh, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for, for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so what this passage is, is, is doing is um, it's comparing uh, light, right, with weight of glory. It's contrasting uh, momentary affliction with eternity. Uh, and, and this is what's giving our suffering meaning that we have hope um in the afterlife um and, and yeah hope in the afterlife and so all we can do uh to help those who are suffering with a uh, terminal or chronic illness is uh, of course you know share testimonies of those who suffered well for christ mm -hmm. and then you know god forbid when it's our our time to suffer 
um, that we would suffer in a way that 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 is a good witness um, to 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 the work of Christ that is being done in us um, and showing that our suffering um, is not meaningless. Yeah, that's my two cents. No, that's that's good, man. That's good uh, for the listeners. Uh, what's your two cents on this issue? Let us know. Um, contact us. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll definitely come back to this episode for sure um, and, and get some other takes on it because yeah, there, there's a lot to dig up in this. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, I mean, if you're if you're willing and you want to share a testimony of you know good or bad regarding this, like we're we're willing to hear or you know uh, check out the uh, the speak pipe if you saw the the, the lower link there. Uh, I'll make sure it's on our link tree for if you want to record an audio um, speak pipe dot com slash your two cents <laughs> and uh let us know because i i think um as much as we're sort of talking about this uh objectively or or you know not emotionally uh, there may be people with testimony that that sort of speaks to it in a different way that that maybe adds a little nuance to this conversation for the next time we we touch on it so definitely uh could use some some listener two cents if you got uh, some thoughts on this issue Six cents makes change. But you heard me? Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.